Aspiring Headliner with QSC. Today we're welcoming singer-songwriter Rose Betts onto the podcast to talk about her debut full-length album, White Orchids. So welcome, Rose. Thanks so much for being here today. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Really, really good. Thank you. And um, I know you're in the US at the moment, aren't you? So I can say from the UK, it's actually hot here today, Rose, honestly. Oh, really? What what temperature is it? Well, I'm not going to go crazy, but it's 21. And you know, that's like a heat hey, wave for us here. That's, that's, that's decent. That's like, go to the pub and stay outside all day weather. That's excellent. Absolutely. There's men with their shirts off. I mean, it's all yes. happening. It's all happening. Yes, of course, of course. It's actually very British looking this morning in LA. It's like really overcast. And it's uh, yesterday I was out and it was like really sunny day, a perfect day. And I the two Americans who were complaining that it was just too cold. So it's funny. It's like <laughs> what we would like, do exactly what you guys are doing which is just make the most of things and crack out the pims they, they're they're still moaning about oh it's too chilly in the evenings or whatever it's funny oh they don't know where they were born they don't know what it's like they have no idea <laughs> so um whereabouts are you in um in america I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, I thought so. I was about to say LA there, but I thought don't presume but no of course you are there so <laughs> wonderful yeah. when did you move out there then I moved in August. I've been coming out here for a few years and then COVID paused and then I I was meant to move out and then COVID happened. But um, so I'm kind of fairly, fairly acclimatised-ish to it. But um, it, I don't know. I'm here for work. I'm not here because of the culture. <laughs> I'm not here because it's like a really amazing city I wanted to to move to. It's um, Yeah, I'm having a mixed <laughs> mixed relationship with the city. It's 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 up and down. But um, yeah, it's good. It's amazing for work. Like the only focus here is pretty much work. So it's mm. uh, it's it's an interesting environment to be around. Like, yeah. Mm. Well, that's okay to say. You're certainly not the only one that thinks that about LA. I think people have a preconception, you know, whether they've watched the OC or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's maybe not exactly like that when you go there, right? No, it's fascinating to have people come around uh, from the UK who have, yeah, you've watched 90210 or the OC or something like that. And then they they come here and I immediately try and show them the things that don't look like that because a lot of LA doesn't look like that. Um, and it's But they still find people, I don't know, there's a weird like British fascination with um, Los Angeles. I think because it, it is so different. So it's actually, they don't get as disappointed as I think they will. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is, yeah it's, a weird, it's a weird old place. Have you been? Um, I have been a couple of times, but for different work okay. trips, but I haven't seen loads of it. Um, but Where the parts I have seen, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, I've definitely stayed near Anaheim one of the times, Christ, I'm pretty like sure. And to be honest, I can't remember the other few times. I've only been there about two or three times, I think. But yeah, it wasn't what I thought, basically. And I was obviously doing work, so it wasn't exactly like I was on a sightseeing trip, but um mm. not as many uh celebrities and much more no. homeless people which obviously is a fact that goes on anywhere but it's definitely not what you see on tv is it oh yeah the homelessness here is um is p- very particular it's not it's not something that we ever see in the uk which of course we have a problem a problem in the uk but it, it's very different here yeah and there aren't as many i i was trying to think if i'd seen any celebrities <laughs> i mean i don't hang around where they go i know that lots of people i know who live in more starry areas like I think a friend of mine was in a cafe and Channing Tatum walked in with Zoe Kravitz for a coffee. Oh wow! Um, 
But um, I think I, I once saw a girl who was in a film called Accepted that I really liked. Um, she's like a redhead. She was just walking around a park, maybe. That's as, that's as glittery as it's got. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're yeah. not seeing the Kardashians walking around with their massive salads, are you? Weirdly, I haven't bumped into them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not hanging around at the same eat. places? Do they even like walk on the pavement anymore? I mean, do they leave their cars? I, they must do, but yeah, only if there's no, cameras. I don't think they do under, under any other circumstance. No, true, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So what? Um, you're out there for work. So is this going to be a permanent thing? You living out there? Or are you just going to um, be there while not. the work is there? What's your plan? Um, my plan is very much to be here to take advantage of my like my management team are here and I really like them and I, I, it is a it is a good environment like, everyone is here the annoying thing is is that as much as I love London and England I really do and I want to return um, for, for some reason this is where I, I've kind of managed to find people that like want to work with me in, in, the, in the way that I want to work so it's um, so it's kind of like I feel like I'm here I, I just signed a publishing deal so it's kind of like I feel like I'm here to establish myself as a songwriter um, and just to work, to find other projects and start working on film stuff and um, on other people's things. And just to kind of, I don't know, I think just to make myself, my my artistic life a bit more stable. Mm. Um, And my plan is to do that. And then I think to come back because I want to be near my family and um, I just miss, I miss, I miss, I'm not homesick, but I do miss a lot of the stuff that is in England um like the, the land and the people and, and the customs and the kind of our sense of humor and all that sort of thing so I'm, yeah, I don't feel like I'm here permanently it's very much um it's while it's yeah just to make hay while the sun, sun shines and then I'm gonna come back mm, that makes perfect sense and is there any um you know certain food or something you can't get um, over there that you're really missing or that you get your family ah. to send do you know what I got my sister to send me <laughs> she's gonna hate that I'm saying I got my sister to send me like a British parcel, which had like all the obvious things in it, like Marmite, uh, mm, like biscuits, obviously, like digest, chocolate digestives. Nice. Um, I can't remember what else. But the thing is, she wrapped it so badly that the Marmite acted as a kind of like bludgeon inside the package. So all the biscuits are like crumbs. Oh. So I can't, like, yeah, my source of getting things sent isn't great. They don't have, they do have like some British stuff and they're kind of proud of the fact they have some British things, but um, there are some, they don't have Jaffa cakes and they're very surprised at what Jaffa cakes are. I was trying to explain them to someone the other day and he was like, what the hell is that? Um, it's a minefield of its own. It is. It's a funny one to describe. <laughs> it's like a cake, but is it a biscuit? But is it, what is it? Um, I'm trying to think what else there isn't here. Um, oh, I mean, so there is cheese, obviously, but Americans like, so they have this thing where they have packets of crisps that ha- have cheese flavoured, but they'll always say made with real cheese on it, which is never something you see on a crisp packet in the UK. No. But it's because their their levels of cheese are weird. Like they have spray cheese here and stuff that you think is like better used as like plastic glue than actually something you eat. <laughs> so I found it really, like in, in any normal Tesco's, so you can wander in and get a nice wedge of Parmesan for like four quid. But here, you can't get Parmesan unless you're in Whole Foods, and it's going to cost you $16. So, like, that's another, like, a big big problem I've come across. It's like, you just can't get, like, nice cheese in normal shops. You can't. That's insane. I had no idea. (laughs) The struggles. (laughs) 
struggles, the daily struggles. Like I've cycled really far to places just for like a wedge of parmesan. <laughs> I think that should be yeah. the title of the article. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the pull quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the hard hitting cheese topics. Oh, and their chocolate's weird as well. It tastes weird, doesn't it? Oh, the it? chocolate. Isn't it just like ooh, it's so sweet. I bought a Kit Kat and like I I thought it was like a multi-pack because it was like probably about 10 fingers. And actually it's all, you open it, it's all just one bar. So that was already like shocking. And then I, and it's just, everything is very, very sweet here. And I think that they, because of the, the heat, they put something in to reduce the, the t- like the melting type, like point. So it's like, yeah, the chocolate isn't, it's, although I have found some good lint, but it, yeah, it, the chocolate is Sweet, everything's so sweet here that their levels are very different to ours. Yeah, and the bread. I don't know why they're putting peanuts in all the chocolates as well. That's just a whole oh, other thing. So, it's true. It's, 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 it's the small things, isn't it, that like that throw you out? Yes, it is. It's funny. Um, and what about um, enough about cheese, even though I can never hear enough about cheese, <laughs> if I'm completely honest. But um, what about when you were growing up? What kind of music were you listened to? Like, what posters were on your walls? What was the first music Ooh. you ever bought? That's such a good question about the poster. My first, I think my first poster was a Harry Potter poster that my mum put up when we were asleep on our birthday and we woke up and there was a Harry Potter poster. Nice. And then I had a massive crush on Legolas. So my uncle gave me a big picture of Orlando Bloom and like dressed as Legolas, which I had on my door. But for music, um, actually, I don't know if I had that many music. So my pet, like my family were quite like a super musical family and we didn't really have much we went to kind of an arty school so I wasn't really exposed we didn't listen to the radio we didn't listen to like we didn't watch telly so um I didn't really know what was current so there was kind of a lot of classical music around um we used to go to the proms in Albert Hall every summer and listen my parents would take us there and we'd listen to lots of like like jazz I suppose and like uh, there's like a American uh, a cappella singing group called Take Six. We would listen to them. Um, and then a friend of my dad's kind of realised that we weren't getting any current music and he kind of gave, he burned loads of his CDs for us. So we had his taste, which was actually actually really good. It was like um, like the kind of noughties, like Keen and Coldplay and Muse and The Doves and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh and I think I just pretty much listened to all those things. And then I discovered Avril Lavigne. Amazing. And that was thrilling. Um, and then we got, and then, and then we got like little MP3 players and, you know, <laughs> went on LimeWire and got some dodgy versions of things. Come on, we um, all did it. We know we did. I know we did, yeah. Um, Do you remember when, so the, think, if there was a mistake on the disc, the whole thing would be wiped and you couldn't use the disc, then you had to get another yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, And then I... A few times, like I accidentally downloaded like some like demos of songs. Like I think I had some Ellie Golding demo that I don't know how it was online. Like it was like a really early demo of hers that hadn't been released, and I it was yeah that was a weird a weird like little jungle of things on that. Like it was a dangerous little little space, but so yeah I don't know that's how so kind of like I grew up with I me. Mean, I would say that if if I was to look at my music and try and figure out what has influenced it from like my childhood I'd say that Keen actually had a really big influence I just I really love their um the 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 solid their songs are so solid like especially from that album Hopes and Fears it was like every song in that album was just like so strong and melodically really like like the words were simple but like poetic and 
um, and the, the melodies and that were just so like catchy and, and lift, uplifting. I, yeah, I think that's something that I definitely kind of, it definitely echoes through the way that I write songs now. And I play piano, so it's kind of like, and their music was very piano based. So Okay, that's yeah, kind of all that. falling into place now, like you say. Like, yes, that Keen album was huge, wasn't it, now that I remember? Yeah, yeah, it was massive, wasn't it? I, I listened to it backwards. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I knew it inside out. Because we didn't have, didn't have any other options, but um, I, I loved it. It was so good. And um, I think we we simply we must talk about the insane viral success of Driving Myself Home. And I know you probably get asked about this all the time, but it's such a good song. Oh, and yeah. listening, go and listen to it, please. Um, so it's gone crazy on TikTok. So nearly two million combined streams and over five million views. That is phenomenal and mind-boggling. Actually, yeah. what, um, so when did you start to realise it started to uh, you know take off? And how long it had the song been out there before this happened? Oh, it was it was actually completely immediate. Like the interesting thing about TikTok is that um, there isn't, it's, it's either, it either happens immediately or it doesn't happen at all. And, and I know that there are some things that catch on late. Like, you know, recently there's that one going of Louis Theroux and like some old thing surfaces, some old sound surfaces and suddenly it like, goes nuts. But I found that songs that I put up generally, if, if they're going to go nuts, they go nuts really quickly. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I kind of wrote, I wrote the song really quickly as in a, in a kind of joking, like basically processing this, this funny date that I've been on and just processing my feelings around it. And so I just wrote this song without thinking much about it on a guitar. I don't normally play guitar. I just only play guitar for like TikTok. And now for this song, which I'm going to have to play until I die. But, um, and I just, I put it up. I think I put the, the, the chorus and the verse up and it just went immediately nuts. Like it went, within a day it probably was nearing I don't know was it nearing like 300,000 and then like and then a million I think I mean it, it, it just went really really it was just very clear that something about it was viral I you know it's something about it was immediately appealing to people um and I could go into probably why that is and we can all probably guess about why that is but yeah it was it was it was funny it was it was immediately evident that it was um it was just suit, suited somehow to the TikTok world. Like it's it's a funny it's a funny old world that one. No, it definitely yeah. is. The internet works in mysterious ways. It does. <laughs> it does. Were you already in LA when this um, song took off? Then, or were you in the UK still? No, I was in LA actually. I, I think it was in the autumn. It was in the autumn last year, and um, yeah, I, I some guy asked me out. Oh no, I yeah no, I ended up going on this date with somebody because a friend put the player, friend set it up, and blah blah blah. I ended up on this date, and then. I didn't really know very many people in LA at the time, but I was renting a car and I was kind of driving around and, and I don't know, it was just like, I don't know why I wrote a song about it. I had to tell him because like tip top tip, never follow anyone that you're going on a first date with on Instagram or don't tell them any of your freaking handles. Cause then you're going to have to, if, if you're a songwriter, cause then yes. you're going to have to like explain stuff if you write about them and it's, this is awkward. And has that um, happened then? Does he know this is about him? He, uh, yeah, he does. Oh. I'm not in touch with him anymore. But um <laughs> I didn't think you were <laughs> at the time I was like when the song started going really viral, I felt because I'd written it as a joke really. It wasn't I didn't think it would I didn't imagine it was gonna suddenly get heard by so many people. Um I, I just felt like because there are some things in it which are quite like complete I mean I didn't make anything up in the song, so it was like everything was very clearly about it, about the stuff we talked about or the fact that he's only got ikea furniture and stuff like that and like 
and I'd made it very clear. I'd made jokes about it when I was with, like, hanging out with him about how, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why have you only got IKEA furniture? Like, get at least put a thumbing else in. Um, so it was just really obvious that it was about him. So I just, I didn't want him to be, like, going about his day and then suddenly hears a song. That, I don't know. I, 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 never, I never wanted to be the kind of songwriter who would just, like, try and catch people out with songs because it's, 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 like, it's not really fair. But it was awkward as arse. <laughs> you've just made me realize as well i'm on i'm the table i'm using is from ikea and so is the seat i'm sitting on and the bookshelf behind me but to hold up my hands this is from when i first moved into my flat and i just went to the one time i've been there i do have things from other um other places are available as you said aren't they <laughs> okay, but you know what is so funny actually about the ikea line is that i put it in because it's a joke obviously it's like there's nothing wrong with shopping in ikea it's just that I think I was being really judgmental and also it, it was it just he wasn't a very original person so it's like he kind of just went and filled his house and it was it was more about that side of him than the than the fact that I because like I know in the for a fact that I've got loads of IKEA stuff not stuff that I bought but you know inherited or got from a charity shop oh, somewhere because it's convenient and like it's it's funny because that was one of the like indications that um when he, when a song does when song stuff goes viral I feel like one of the indications is that you start getting negative comments and people start kind of hating a bit. And it's kind of interesting because it's like, now when I see that, I'm like, oh, it must be doing well because someone's being a bit of a bitch. Um, And I got a lot of things of people going, what's wrong with IKEA? Like, why why don't you like IKEA? It's like, I I never like get involved in that stuff, but it's like, there is nothing wrong with IKEA. Of course not. It's a a song and it's a cool rhyme, like idea and IKEA. It's a good rhyme. And it's, you know, it's a laugh, but people, people, people take it quite seriously. So don't feel any, any shame for having Ikea items. They That's are funny. I just realised as I was looking around, I was like, hang on a minute, where did I get these from? They are from Ikea, I'm sure they are. No, 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 it's fine. Um, no, I get it. It's just a song. It's just a joke. And um, do you know um, Self Esteem, you know, that UK artist? No. Oh, oh the song is... Um, Oh my god, I can't even remember. But um, anyway, you you would recognise like some of her main songs on the radio. She's an, a new sort of up and coming artist, but she's got a clever rhyme in one of hers, which isn't making fun of it. But she says something about um, you're just you know it's, it's someone making fun of someone else and they're putting them down. They're saying you're probably working in McDonald's, and then it's just a line uh, in a song. And she's posted about people saying I'm not dissing people working in McDonald's. It's just a song, right. you know, it's just the, it just was what actually happened at the time. What's one happened to say or whatever. Yeah. So I totally yeah. get that. People always want to get negative, don't they? But see, is it sign of success? Like you said, Rose. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, it is funny, isn't it? People want to take things very, very literally. And I, there was this, I don't know, there's a podcast. I don't know who's, I can't remember the names of the, but they do this thing where they take a song and then they kind of, like, from a, a, like a relationship perspective, and then they kind of break down the song and they took driving myself home. And I stopped listening after about five minutes, but it was like, Oh my Lord, were they like unpicking every single line from this song? And you kind of go, Jesus, like it's just a song. I, I mean, in some ways it's not, it's kind of a funny exercise to take a song and take it, take it too seriously and, and like apply it to, to dating life now, mm. um, which I suppose it can in some way, but it is, it is, it's a sort. It's it, if, yeah. If you if you don't get it like offended or hurt by it, it is just kind of slightly amusing. Um, and, and most people don't. The thing is that most people don't. Most people get it. They don't take it seriously. It's just like the the loud little, you know, internet people who who need 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 something to kind of fight for and argue about. And you know, 
let them let them do it every time they comment it improves the algorithm it's so. true let them knock themselves out they obviously got far too much time on their hands anyway to spend it on that <laughs> i always think yeah. as well i'd never write something on anyone's instagram that i wouldn't write let's say to a friend because i think that's just insanity the way people just write vile things to strangers it is shocking i, I wonder i wonder what like how if they would just if, if that like grows if that's something that begins like kind of small and then they get worse and worse or like you know they kind of get inured to it or if it's it is it is it is an interesting thing i mean i think I've not had to deal with a whole load of negative stuff. The, the negative, only negative stuff I get is like the Ikea stuff or every now and then someone says something on TikTok that's a bit like that. But some people receive seriously, seriously like harming words. And, and, and I don't know how, I don't know how you're like meant to deal with that. Mm. It's, yeah, it's not, I am just, I, that isn't me. That isn't my level of, of fame currently. But yeah, it, it's, it's an odd one. It's, it's, it's a bit mystifying how people kind of, um, get carried away with it yeah it must be hard for yeah. people to get used to um well, I'm sure it is just a whole new world well now compared yeah. to let's say 20 years ago or whatever no such thing yeah. as Instagram and online trolls and all that it was it's been... they're so faceless it's like it's not it's it's, it's 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 the weird it's like the whole thing I mean with Instagram in itself it's like the likes and the numbers and all, all this stuff has no weight behind it it's like a sugary sweet that doesn't last it doesn't do anything mm. so it's kind of like the impact doesn't have any, it kind of has an impact, but it hasn't, doesn't really make any scientific sense. It's not the same thing as being in a room with someone and then having a go at you where you can kind of process that, but it's no way really of processing something that kind of comes out of the ether that has no real, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, it, it's, it's like, we're not, we're just not humanly suited to it somehow. So it's kind of mentally very confusing, I think. Mm, no it is it's a strange thing to get used to and adapt to isn't it it's just like you say it's almost it's pointless in a way I mean many things are pointless but it does help with visibility and independent artists of course to have social media but then there's just a balance isn't there of um, what people share and what the real representation of someone is so yeah I can imagine it's a bit of a minefield yeah 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 I think that is exactly what it is yeah on to more positive things so let's talk about so white orchids so your first um so your debut full-length album so that's out now obviously and I saw you co-wrote and produced it which is amazing to have so much creative control um I imagine over your project so are you are you self-taught in terms of production yeah I am I am uh I just got garage band at a young age like when I started writing songs was probably around like 13 or something and just started I mean, I'm not, I'm not a producer in terms of the kind of person who can start from zero and then release it. I, I haven't, I think it's, it's an interesting thing. If you're, if you're kind of creative and you like doing lots of different things, you realise quite quickly that it takes a lot of time to be really good at something. And if you, talent is all very well, but like to be properly good, you need to really commit to it. So I think I, my, my area of commitment has definitely been songwriting over production, but I, I love I love like arranging the songs and like having, you know, the, the writing the bass drum parts and writing strings and um, faffing about with synths and, and just trying to playing with, trying to play with the sound world. And so like generally I'll kind of, I'll kind of make a fairly fleshed out demo and then I'll take it to my producer and we'll work on it together in the same room. And he'll kind of, you know, to varying degrees, some songs have more of his input, some have more of mine. They're kind of very, um, it's, it's, it's very kind of, natural it feels like this, what's best for the song is what happens in the room but I'm there for every single moment of it um, good. 
It's just so much fun. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't, I can't quite get it when people walk in and then like drop a song off and then walk out. It feels like they're missing out. Yeah, I feel like they're not that I'm involved in that world. There'll be some kind of part of me that would think, well, I want to know what you're doing. I just want to check and make sure it's all what I want um, in a way. So I don't yeah, know if exactly. that's the same for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and also it's like sometimes you can send something off and I've had this and then I've been, it's been sent back and I, all I feel is just a huge sense of dread because I, I know I'm not going to like it or I know and, and like trying to get around that so that, you, so that you're in the room so that you don't have to go... I don't know, because when someone's put a load of work into something and they've chosen, say they've chosen a snare that just like, it's to- you feel it's totally the wrong sound. It's like piercing and it's like taking away from the delicacy of the song, for example. And by the time it gets to you after the producers work the whole day on it, it's quite late in the day to then say, I think we need to rethink that entire snare. Whereas if you're in the room, you can go, are there any other options? Like, can we look at it? You can do it in, in the moment. So it, it kind of sidesteps the awkwardness of collaboration because collaboration is, is can sometimes be a very kind of delicate um delicate and personal you know it's very personal you know mm. you're, you're saying someone's taste you, you don't like someone's taste you don't like someone's choice so it's like if you do that in the room and you're it, it's just a softer way to kind of negotiate those mm. those differences of kind of approach and opinion and yeah definitely okay um that that makes sense absolutely and um when so I was reading about the sort of synopsis of the album about this loss of innocence a moment of um fragility where your heart was broken so this obviously sounds like it's a very personal project for you so were you mm. nervous to put yourself out there I mean being British I don't know it's just feels <laughs> a bit different I feel like we're just a bit more like reserved and like I'm not going to say my feelings so what was it like for you yeah to put that is so there? true <laughs> yeah it's it's like I definitely when I was younger I was like writing songs that were about like I was kind of, I used songs in a way to hide all my, you know, all things in. So like I was terrified the idea that someone would listen to a song and think it was actually my my feelings, probably for all these British things of like, you know, we're very reserved and it's it's not it's not something you grew up with, like come, kind of being completely explicit about yourself. I mean, and I'm very, very private about myself. Um, and I think, but I think I gradually realised that if the songs were going to be good, they had to be honest. Mm. And I could, and, and if you hide inside a song and you hide the truth and you hide the real rawness of the feeling, you're actually just doing a disservice to the song because it's just not, it, it just won't feel authentic. It won't feel, it won't be as powerful. So I think when I realised that, and I think actually with this project is when I kind of really realised that. And so, so some songs are more honest than others in that. Not honest, but, you know, like more, more explicit than others. Like recovery is completely, like I was, like that was probably the most vulnerable thing I'd ever written at that point and still is. So it's like at, at the point that I wrote that song, it's like that was a real shift for me in terms of how deep and personal I would go. And so now I kind of feel like I've kind of come out the other end of it and I'm oversharing now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like too I'm too honest so now I'm like I feel like I'm having to rein myself in a bit because I'm kind of writing songs about people that I've just met or and, and it's like and because like so for example driving myself home because the, the what makes a song good or funny or whatever it is they are in the little weird quirks like the the Ikea line or like those those little details are what make the song it's like unique so but unfortunately, those are the details that are the true ones that the person who hears it will go, hey, wait a sec, that's totally me. And and that's that's a bit awkward. Um, but I think I, I think I'm just yeah, I, I kind of see I see the point of vulnerability now. 
Mm. So I'm, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to embrace it. Not, it sounds not like a much. yeah, a little mix of um, yeah, the vulnerability and then some of the more fun, light-hearted side of things with the little quips in it. I think maybe yeah. it's a bit of a British thing. Like I've just thought of um, one of Lily Allen's songs. She rhymes al fresco with Tesco, and it's just a nice little oh, thing that brilliant. we all get. Whereas people in other countries might be like, well, I'm sure they know what Tesco is, but you know what I mean. It's like it yeah. wouldn't be in any other kind of song, would it? It's true. She's great at that, actually. I hadn't thought of her, but that is that is true. She really does that. She did that fabulously. Keeps it kind of grounded in a weird way, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. And there's a Glass Animal song as well. I know they sound American and they're UK, aren't they? And he, he says there's a line about um, Driv when you stole mum's Geo Metro. And I just think, I wonder if Americans <laughs> even know what that is, like <laughs> someone's old banger or whatever. Yeah, I love that. I think it's very British. <laughs> They probably love it. Though. They they love anything that sounds British. They they are such fans of our kind of like the amount of British accents that have been delivered to me in like hammy form is is actually shocking. It seems to be a thing they all love doing. I was about to ask because whenever I go, they are always like, "Oh my god, I love your accent!" And again, that was also in turn a terrible fucking accent. So sorry, everyone in LA, but um, you must get it all the time. <laughs> I do, I do get it, and it's a funny thing because you kind of go, "Thank you." Uh, it's like it's only like I, yeah I grew it myself it just happened I don't know the, <laughs> the, the worst thing is when they start and I like god love them and, and I hope they continue doing it because it's always very funny but it's like the worst thing is when they start doing their British accent around you and <laughs> and then you've got to kind of go yeah great uh, um, and it's horrendous mm, very they, Dick they Van Dyke find, usually oh god yeah I mean I, oh actually I had a lovely moment with a, a guy who was like He'd been watching Peaky Blinders and clearly felt ready to show me his best Birmingham. And he basically got into character and delivered this kind of like very forceful monologue at me. And it was horrendous. But he thought he thought it was brilliant. He'd like passed it by his girlfriend and she was like, yeah, this is it. Even though she's American. So like she can't really. Yeah, it's 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 it can be. It can be really hilarious, actually. The only way to do it is that. But sometimes it feels like they're taking the, the piss a bit. So sometimes it's, I'm, I get a bit sensitive sometimes. <laughs> I don't think they are, but then I feel like I sound more and more British the, after I speak, after they've said it. I think, am I putting on my own voice now? No, this yeah, really is it, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, it's funny <laughs> okay wonderful um so I know you've got some you're on tour soon aren't you so that's exciting how long has it been um it's been a while since I was on the road it's been actually years really I, I mean I've been I've flown to like I flew to New York a few w- weeks ago for a gig so it kind of I've done things which have gone out like out of town for but um actually being on the road and especially on an American tour is like funny so I, that's like next week. Actually, it's like this time next week, I think, or the day after, like Thursday. So um, I'm kind of gearing myself up for some Texas and Tennessee people watching, and like, yeah, just to immerse myself a bit. It's gonna be, it's gonna be funny. Yeah. Okay. So is that throughout May then, or does it go into June? It's actually just two weeks. It's for the end of May to the beginning of June. Um, from was it May 28th to June the. Uh, 10th I think actually um okay. but I've actually start, stopped like change the way I say dates now just ridiculous like June 10th like oh, it's so confusing like, they, they mix that around it, I have to kind of work it out every time I write the date down right otherwise they're going to think that everything's wrong I agree and I get that a lot when um obviously I talk to a lot of international teams for arranging things like interviews and they'll say the month 
and the oh, yeah. um, date back to front and obviously sometimes they could mean either depending on how high obviously the month goes up to but yeah just like, I don't know what does this mean <laughs> yeah it's really confusing it's really confusing <laughs> oh the struggles of Brits uh, in LA um, I know I feel like that's the uh, theme that's kind of emerged out of this podcast weirdly <laughs> but um, there you go <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad out here i feel like i've been shitting on america no it's no i know what you mean i know what you cheese. mean just cheese please more cheese yeah good luck on your cheese hunt i'm sure you can someone come on hook rose up tell her where to get the good up, cheese please. where's tell the good parmesan where's the where's the halloumi yeah. where is it <laughs> and where is it affordable that's what i want to know where is it not 16 dollars okay too. they should submit um answers to your instagram and i hope um, i hope you get some good leads from it as well <laughs> okay. all right brilliant um all right rose thank you so much it's been so nice to talk to you um and um, i hope you know enjoy enjoy your time out there enjoy your cheese i know you are going to and i hope the tour is really good um so we'll keep an eye on what you're up to on um instagram and social media but um best hey. of luck and yeah thank you so much Thank you. It's been so nice chatting. Oh, you too. Um, All right. Have a lovely day and uh, I'll speak to you next time. Yeah. Thank you, Alice. You're very welcome. Bye then. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.